How are y'all feeling today? Good, good. Get set up real quick. It's always good to be with you guys. I think I've been here probably a good half a dozen times or so throughout the years. And so what that means is I get to treat you like family, right? I get to say whatever I want because, like, we're family, and that's how it works with family. When you go, when family comes to your house and they ask for something to eat, what do you say? You go get it yourself, right? You know, like, so I get to say all the things that normally might not even say, like this whole two-service things. Like, let's, let's, let's let a cat out of the bag here. In the summertime, that means you get to come to church earlier to get to the beach earlier. You know, you're thinking it. I'll be here. I'll be at the 9 a.m. service. I'll be on the beach, hit the buffet, beat everybody to the buffet line. And then the wintertime, you know, you get to sleep in a little bit more, pick which service. So, man, it's exciting. We are actually going to two services as well. Uh, around the same time, I think the week after, before that you guys are doing it. So uh, we're doing the same thing. It's it's fun. So if you, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. All right. Uh, if you would, please, uh, we're going to read a passage of Scripture from the book of John. John chapter 6. I'm going to set the scene, and then we're going to read a few Scriptures. Uh, Jesus has just finished feeding 5,000 men, and then a bunch of women and children. So the crowd was huge. He took some bread. He took some fish. He lifted it up to heaven. He broke it. He gave thanks, and all of the people got to eat. This is amazing miracle that happens. They gather all of the leftovers so nothing is wasted. They fill 12 baskets. And then it says this. Uh, beginning with verse 14. Now, when the people saw him do these miraculous signs, they explained, surely he's the prophet that we have been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills to be by himself. So here's the scene. This miracle happens. Uh, the people want to force him to be king. He slips away to get by himself. Uh, the story continues where the disciples go from there. They're crossing over a body of water. Jesus comes walking on the water, which is cool to say the least. We know these stories. We've heard these uh, stories time and time again. If you grew up in church, two amazing stories. And then this is what happens next. The people track him down on the other side because they're hungry again. And Jesus says this in verse 26. Listen, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give for you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Now, they replied, we want to perform God's work to what should we do? So Jesus told them, this is the only work that God wants for you. Believe in the one that he has sent. They answered, listen, just show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. As if, were you not here five minutes ago? The walking on water thing, the healing the sick thing, the breaking the bread thing. I mean, show us a miraculous sign I mean, we are forgetful people, y'all. Come on. Show us some kind of sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say this. Moses gave them bread to eat. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. 
And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they replied, give us this bread every day. And to which Jesus says, listen, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. So here's the scene. Here's the moment. Jesus has done these things. These miracles has happened. And they want to force him to be king. Now there's a problem with this. Because Jesus is already a king. So Jesus didn't come in the expectations of what they thought a king should look like. Kings, after all, look a certain way. Kings ride big horses and wear all of these robes and have crowns. Kings have a lot of bling, right? This is what kings should look like. But Jesus doesn't look like that. And so they don't know that he doesn't fit into their idea. And so which Jesus is, you don't, you don't get it, guys. And so when they go to force him, Jesus slips out the side. He was already a king. It just wasn't in the image they thought. It's kind of like today. Every commercial you ever watch. It's that 10 o'clock at night and the Burger King commercial comes on or the McDonald's or whatever it is. And they show you the picture of the burger that's just, man, each, each grain is just set perfectly on top of the bun and it's glistening. And it's so juicy. And there's juices melting out of the burger. And the lettuce is crisp and it's just, oh, I want that burger. And so you go and you get it, and what you get is this smashed piece of not real beef that somebody has dropped on the floor four times, and you're just like, what is this thing? You promised me this, but what you gave me was this, and, and, and there was this image of what we thought we wanted, and, and th- there's the burger that we get, right? And, and see, with Jesus, there's this idea of what they think they need, and Jesus is like, I'm not coming like that. We are created in his image, in his likeness. And yet it's so funny how often we try to create him in our image, in our likeness. We want to force him to be something that he already is. And we can see this throughout the scriptures time and time again. Uh, There was this portion of scripture in the Old Testament where uh, Israel is learning what it is to be a nation. And so all of a sudden they begin to look around and look at all the other nations. And well, all the other nations have kings. And so we need a king too. And to which God tells them, listen, actually, no, you don't. You're good with the judges right now. And they're like, but we want it. No, but we want it anyway. But listen, if you get this king, this is what he's going to do to you. We still want one. We want to be like everybody else. And God's like, okay, here's Saul. Here's your boy. This is what's going to happen. And it's just this picture time and time again of us trying to shape God into what we think he should do. Us trying to shape Christ into Christianity of America, our American Jesus. Like, God, if you don't fit into this box, then uh, I, I don't know. If the air conditioning isn't just right, the Holy Spirit can't move. Like, right? If it's too hot, it's too cold. Like, everyone knows first century Jerusalem had you know, the great AC and the good, nice seats and all that. Like, no! See, we like to shape things into things that we've already seen. So if we have a picture of a king, well, this is how a king should look. And we have a picture of whatever it is, well, this is how it should be. And the truth is, Jesus is trying to shape you into something you've never seen. You were created in an original. 
don't die a coffee. I heard that quote a long time ago, and I just thought, man, how amazing is that? Because in our creation process, there's something of God in you, created in his image, in his likeness. There's, there's a peace that, man, the world is waiting to see the Jesus in you, in me. And if we spend all of our time just trying to mold ourselves into this picture of what we believe the world wants us to be and what the world wants us to look like, we'll end up at the end of our life really disappointed and really depressed because you've tried to become something that you were never intended to be. As a matter of fact, oftentimes we try to become things that we already are. And God's saying, like, no, listen, how I've created you to be. What I think is great is how Jesus responds. Because there's these two voices that are, that are approaching Jesus. One, there's the, the voice of his father saying, Jesus, this is, what, this is what I've sent you for. This is your path. This is what you're going to do. And then there's the voice of all of the rest of the people saying, no, no, this is what we want you to do. We want you to be king. So there's this confliction of, like, this is what these people are saying. This is what the father is saying. And the first thing Jesus does is he slips away to be by himself. It's like, listen, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. God, I need to know what you say. It doesn't matter whether it's praise or whether it's criticism. God, I need to get along with you. I need to know what you're doing in me. I need to know how you're shaping me. I need to know how you are molding me. Because if not, we're going to be molded into the image that the world wants to see in you. See, in this thing... You can just imagine because the people are chasing Jesus down because he's done this incredible miracle. He's taken some bread. He's taken some fish. And so you know there's a guy in the crowd that's like, ooh, we could do a business out of that. Jesus, you should, you should start a restaurant. I mean, the prophets are going to be killer. I mean, I mean, you could multiply the bread. You can multiply. We don't even have to go fishing. I mean, you don't even have to put any gas in the boat. You just walk on the water. I mean, this is a good business model, Jesus. Open up a restaurant. We could do this thing. We'll make lots of money. There was somebody in the crowd thinking that. There was, there was somebody thinking that, Jesus, this is what you need to do. Because they wanted to force him to be their king. There's another portion of the scripture where, a uh, uh, famous part of scripture where it's David and Goliath. And where David uh, walks out and hears this giant taunting Israel, saying all of these things to Israel. And, he, and David's like, you know, I, I'll, I'll fight him. He goes into the king's tent, and the first thing Saul wants to do is Saul wants to put his armor on David. See, Saul was trying to make David into a warrior. The truth is David was already a warrior. It was just a different type of armor. He wasn't doing it with the sword that, that Saul used. He had his slingshot. He had his stones. This is the thing that he grew up. He killing lions, killing bears. I mean, my man was tough. And if you could kill some lions and some bears with a slingshot in your hands, that's a man right there. But yet the first thing Saul does, like, you don't stand a chance against this guy. Let's put the armor on you. Let's make you the image of what everyone else looks like, and then maybe you stand a chance. The truth is, David was already a warrior. And so here's the story. Jesus slips away. He gets by himself. The people begin to track him down. Man, did y'all, y'all hear about the miracle that he did? Where is this Jesus? We've got to find him. So they go to the last scene that they saw him. All right, he was here. This is where it happened. And they're looking around. They're, they're, where did he go? Where did he go? All the boats are gone. 
Did Jesus cross over? Where is he at? They, they straight up poverty him. I mean, they find him on the other side. Jesus is constantly just trying to get away. And yet their crowd is like hunting them down. Man, man we, we got to find him. And so they do. They hunt him down. And then Jesus says these words that if you were, you were hearing this, it would just be, it would just be, wow. I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. In other words, you're here and you're close to me because you want to fill your belly. And there's something that happened, something that has happened that you don't understand. Yeah, you saw the miracle, but the truth is you actually missed the real miracle. And, and they're hearing this. I could imagine hearing the words of Jesus say that. That you could be a part of something, you could be right there in the midst of it, and still miss it, and still lack understanding. See, you could come to church, and you could hear the songs, and, and miss worship. You could come to church, and you could hear the sermon, and miss what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. See, it would be, it would be a big mistake to think that, like, Megan is, is, is the center of attention up here. Like, her whole job is to say, no, 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 it's a sign point to point us to what Jesus is doing. And, and so when we play these instruments, when we worship, man, it's, it's all for him. Because there's a bigger miracle coming on right now. See, you could have Christmas and miss the Christ. You could have Thanksgiving and have the, the tables just covered with food and, and just amazing and miss the thanks. Missed the whole point. Um, not too many years ago, I was over in Europe, and there was all of these just beautiful, beautiful churches. The architecture, just amazing. And uh, you could go to these churches, and you could pay money now to go and take tours of some of these, these churches, and there's just beautiful artwork all over the wall. And, and, and I remember just being there and thinking, man, these, this, is, this is so beautiful, and this is so sad. Because these buildings were not built to be museums. These buildings were supposed to be places where we would come and worship. And now I pay five bucks and I walk around and I see the beautiful art. And people have missed it. They've missed the real miracle. It's not in the beauty of the architecture. It's in that this is the place in which we gather and we worship the God who makes everything. The God who speaks a word, a word and causes mountains to form. I mean, think about that for a moment. The God who says, light be, and there's some light. The God who says, earth form, water here and no further. I mean, just the amazingness of that. Beautifully sad that we can miss it. And Jesus is saying, listen, you saw the miracle, but the truth is you didn't understand and you missed the real meaning of it. Because, I mean, we could read this and think, man, this is just a good book. It's not. This is the Word of God. It's not just a good book. I, I talk to some folks all the time, and um, one of the things I get often is people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not quite sure uh, about the, the whole church thing, but I do believe it's a, it's a good thing that we get back in church and we, we want to raise our kids in the church. 
because we think it's the best for them. And I said, like, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. You, you think that the best for your kid, like, have you read this book? It says, like, we will be persecuted because of our love for him. Because of what, uh, when we confess Christ. Like, that's the worst thing you could do for your kids. Like, no, if there's another purpose behind it, that, man, we come because the creator of all the earth has done something in our soul, and we just want to worship and give back to him. And we want to raise our kids to know to be more and more like Christ. Man, that's something that I want to be a part of. But just, that, man, I don't want to raise my kids just so, man, I hope, hopefully he doesn't get hooked on crack one day. Like, that's become the summation of Christianity. If, if you don't, if you don't get drunk and you don't do drugs, you're a good Christian. Christ did not die to make you a better person. Christ died to make you a new person. There's a big difference. I'm not interested at all at like emotional management and just trying to make you into a good person. I know Heath is not. Man, I don't know about you, but you can't make this messed up person into just like a little bit better Lucas. I need to be a whole new me. I need Jesus. uh Uh-uh. I know me. I know me when nobody else knows me. And God, I need you to do a work in this heart. I need you to do it because, man, when Jesus comes and he starts doing Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and starts talking about them beatitudes and starts saying, listen, you, you, don't, you could be a murderer even if you just do it in your heart. I'm a serial killer, y'all. I have killed some folks. Uh, get, get me on Highway 17. There's a good chance today after church, man, if this dude doesn't get out the way, I need some Jesus. I need you to renew this heart, this mind. I need something brand new. I don't need a Lucas 2.0. I need all new. The God of all creation. And, and they're chasing him down because they want something that will fill their belly but leave their hearts empty. And I've just made that decision. God, that's not what I want. I, I don't want to be chasing you down miracle after miracle, trying to just fill my belly and leave my heart empty. Chasing after the next meal. Because the thing that Jesus is getting on, this is the thing that you're missing. The miracle, it isn't about the bread and the fish. The miracle is me. Jesus is the miracle. Jesus is the one. I am the bread of life. I am your rest. I am your joy. I am your peace. I am your hope. I am your rock. I am your salvation. I am your ever-present help in times of need. Come on, somebody. Does somebody need him this morning? I don't know about you, but I need him. I need you to do something in my life, Jesus. And we try to mold him into our image and our likeness. And Jesus is like, this is not going to work. I want to mold you into my image, into my likeness. Mold you into who I've called you to be. There was a time, uh, maybe 13 years ago, I'm freshly married. Me and my wife, I had just spent the last three years over in Indonesia. So I came back with absolutely nothing. I owned like some board shorts, a surfboard, and a backpack. And that was it. And I uh, met my wife. We got married. Uh, took a job over in Florida. It was a great job. Uh, and one thing led to another. Next thing you know, we have nothing. No place to stay. Uh, no cars. Not a penny to our name, but you know what? It didn't matter. 
because we were young and we just married and girl, we just got each other, girl, and all I need is you and we good. It don't matter. We're going to make a way. I was just happy, happy to be married. Right? Some of y'all remember that. It didn't. Girl, we ain't got, it don't matter. We'll eat that messed up McDonald's cheeseburger. That's all. We're good. There was times over in Indonesia where I found myself, I got arrested a few times. I spent some time in an Indonesian prison. And I can honestly stand before you and say different moments in my life where it would be looked at on the outside of, of just, oh my gosh, pretty intense situations. And could say with 100% honestly, like in those moments, I just believed God. And just, I just knew that he was going to work it out. I just knew that God, I know I just lost my job here. We don't have anything, but God, it's okay. God, you're enough, and you're going to make a way. And I know I'm sitting in this prison cell right now, but it's okay. And I can still worship. And now you fast forward through some times. Now there's moments in my life where I stress out if the Internet's not working. I'm like, this morning before I came here, the child check-in station went down. I'm trying to, why is the child check-in station going down? Why is it not working? People ain't going to check in their kids. Jesus, did we pay the water bill? Why ain't the water working? And I'm like, Where, what happened? What happened from, like, trusting you in a prison cell to now I can't trust you with the child check-in station? You know what I'm saying? Like, God, I thought we crossed this bridge. I mean, wouldn't it be great if faith was just this kind of, like, one-and-done thing of just, like, I believe I'm good. See y'all later. It was good. I, God's going to take care of it. I mean, just every day of my life, I wish. But the truth is, it's a process. The truth is, it's a process of learning day by day. Of, God, i got to put my faith in you today. Because if not, my tendency is to try to put my faith in me or somebody else or money or jobs or whatever it is. And it's day by day learning. I'm like, God, man, sometimes... I wish the process was a little bit easier. God, I, I, just, I just wish it could have been quicker. I wish it could have been not as hard. And God's like, well, Lucas, I'm shaping you. I'm molding you. And I was like, well, God, can we be done with that already? Can you just go ahead and shape me? Can we just do this on a weekend? Can you just, Lucas, here's the world. And he just keeps telling me no. Because like, the truth is, like, I thought, of, I thought I would have learned some of the lessons that I'm still learning by now. The truth is, I, I thought I would be a lot more patient than what I am right now. The truth is, there's times where I get upset and I say things to my wife, why did I say that? Why did I say the words that hurt the woman that I love? God, I thought I'd be further than I am right now. I thought I'd be a better father than I am right now. I thought I'd be a better pastor than I am right now. And day by day, I've got to learn to God, I just got to put my trust and hope and faith in you. Be obedient to the process. Because the process is full of ups and downs. Because what we just read, that afternoon, they had just witnessed the most amazing miracle. Few, few fish, few bread, boom, feeding thousands, right? I mean, if, if that happened right now, we would just be like, oh, Facebook, Twitter, that was the best church service ever. Free lunch at Reach. The same day, 
after the lunch has happened, it says that they found themselves in the middle of a, a lake in a boat with the fierceness of the storm, and they were straining at the oars because they didn't think they were going to make it. Come on, Peter, you've got to paddle harder. <laughs> Come on, John, get in there. Because this storm is big and Jesus isn't on the boat. He's still back there. He's somewhere in the solitude. And we're stuck in the middle of this place. And Jesus has sent us ahead. But how did we go from being on the mountaintop and us breaking bread to all of a sudden we're in the middle of the storm in the same day? Have you ever come to church? And it's just like, man, that was good. Heath was on. The band was good. The Holy Spirit was there. And then you go home and all hell breaks loose. You are fighting with your kids. You're fighting with your spouse. You're fighting with your neighbor. It's just like, what happened? It's part of the process. It's part of the process. And what happens is we're trained to think that when these things happen, that we're outside of the will of God. Nothing could be further from the truth. Truth is Jesus sent them ahead of him. He knew the storm was going to happen. See, there's these moments in Scripture where Jesus takes the disciples up to the mountain. There's the transfiguration and just like the glow. It's glow in the dark, Jesus. And upon seeing this, Peter is like, oh, this is good. This is good. It's so good. Let me build some houses for you here. And to which God's like, all right, show's over. Let's go back down the mountain. See, we want to build the houses on the tips of the mountains. But the truth is it's the, it's the bottom it's the valleys where we live for the glory of God. It's where everything's not going right. Whenever it's not glow in the dark, Jesus. See, because if we're not careful, we'll spend our life looking for the transfiguration. And Jesus is like, I'm actually not there anymore. Here's one that'll get you going. After the resurrection, after the resurrection, Mary walks up to the tomb looking for him. Look at, and it says this. And supposing he was a gardener, sir, where have they taken the body? She's looking at the resurrected Jesus, and she thinks he's a gardener. Think about that for a moment. See, we're so busy looking for glowing Jesus. The truth is he looks like a gardener. The truth is he looks like the, the kid that's bagging the groceries at the store. The truth is he looks like the mechanic. The truth is he looks like the guy who's laying drywall. And if we're not careful, we'll be doing just what these people did, and we're trying to shape Jesus into a mold, into an image that fits our culture, our likeness, and what we think that he should look like. And Jesus says, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. One of the biggest things is when we focus on the miracle, we will miss the miracle giver. If we're just focusing on the bread and we're just focusing on the fish, we'll miss the one who did it all. And so it will mess, not, not just with us, it will mess with our minds because then you have the people saying, listen, after all, the scriptures say Moses gave us bread from heaven. The scriptures say nowhere that Moses gave them bread from heaven. They have some bad theology right here. Every time the scriptures say that God gave them bread from heaven. But what happened? What? They missed God because they were looking at Moses. They were just looking at the bread. There's bread on our doorstep morning after morning. And if we focus our attention on the miracle, we will be just like these folks just chasing. Show us what you can do, God. 
And we'll find ourselves living this Christian life just chasing miracle after miracle after miracle. God, show us what you can do. And God said, I've already done it. Have you not seen the cross? There is an empty tomb, y'all. There is an empty tomb. We serve a God of resurrection. And if we serve a God of resurrection, if he can resurrect from the dead, I guarantee you he could be God of whatever problem is going on in your life right now. He is the miracle. He is the miracle. I think Paul understood this. Because Paul would say, listen, you can lock me up, but I'm still going to praise your name. I could have an empty belly and still find myself full. I could be lounging on the hillside or I could be straining at the oars and he is with me. He is my bread of life. You've got to have something that's greater on the inside than that which is on the outside. I'm asking everyone to please stand. The worship team will come back up. You've got to have a new source. What's amazing about this portion of scripture is just two chapters before, Jesus has this encounter with a woman at a well. And in this encounter, this woman is thirsty. She's coming to this well for something to drink. And Jesus says, listen, hey, I want to give you some living water. And to which she replies, just like these people are like, listen, give me this water because I don't want to come to this well anymore. And it's this one, again, with this scripture, give us this bread that we ain't got to do this every time. And she said, listen, you could drink of this water and never thirst, of, thirst again. You could eat of this bread and never hunger again. And I just, I just thought about that because in both instances and throughout time, people get hungry. People get thirsty. This woman at the well, she came back to that well again. The very thing that Jesus said, listen, you're not going to be thirsty again. And here she is. She spent years of her life going to this well. And here she is again. But here's the thing. This time when she approached this well, something was different. This time when she approached this well, I've got something on the inside that's bigger than that which is on the outside. And even if this well is dried up, I'm going to be okay. Even if I come and approach and the miracle doesn't happen the way I think it's going to happen, even if you don't feed lunch again, God, I still believe in you. I still trust in you. I've got some bread of life. I've got some water of living life. Something that, man, I need desperately. You need desperately. We need desperately. And it starts with opening our eyes to the fact that he is the miracle. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. Is he enough? Is he enough? Let's take a minute. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, for some of us here this morning that maybe we've come and God, it seems maybe for years of our life we have found ourselves just chasing after the next miracle. Lord, we've had moments where we've filled our belly, but God, at the end of the day, if we were honest, our hearts are still empty. We find ourselves chasing you from seashore to seashore, always just wanting more, 
Lord, this morning, we just want to confess that you're enough. That, God, you're the God of the good times and the bad. That, Lord, whether we're sitting on the hillside or whether we're straining at the oars, God, you're with us. We put our faith in the one who is faithful. Because, God, you're faithful even when I'm not. And, God, we give you all the glory. With every head bow, with every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know him, if you're here this morning and it just feels like you're one that you've been chasing after something to fill your heart, You've been chasing the miracle after miracle and something. I'm here to tell you that he is the bread of life. He is the living water. He is the one that you've been searching for for so long. And there is no one that can satisfy like Jesus. And he's here this morning. And with open arms, he is welcoming you home saying, my son, my daughter, all is forgiven. There is nothing that you have done. Nothing that you have done. The Father loves you. You are created in His image and His likeness and He wants nothing more for you to just come home. So if that's you and you're in here and you don't know, I'm going to ask you to ask you to raise your hand real high in the air. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Is there anybody? Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody else? Let's all pray this prayer. If everyone could please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, God, I'm yours. And God, you are mine. I repent. Come into my heart. Come into my mind. Come into my life. Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. And everybody said, Amen.